What's up guys, and there we have 20.2 getting thrown down right there. Uh, this one's gonna be gnarly. Let's do a little recap before we jump into what this workout actually looks like. Some tips, some setups, some layouts, um, some pacing strategies, all that different kind of stuff, and even limitations too. So this workout, a little recap, is a 20 minute AMRAP of four dumbbell thrusters, six toes to bar, and then 24 double under. So initially when you look at this, you're like, that seems pretty easy, right? Like four dumbbell thrusters, like we can do that unbroken, not bad. Six toes to bar, not a super high amount of reps to do in one set, right? Like a lot of people can probably do that in one, if not two sets of three, right? Let's keep it pretty quick and light. Uh, 24 double unders, obviously you have those or you don't, right? But whenever you have those, um, 24 double unders for people who have them is almost like a rest, right? Like it's something you can get on, you can do the 24 reps probably in under 24 seconds, right? Probably around 20, 18 to 20 seconds or so. And then you get off of that thing. Doesn't seem bad, but when you start to do a little bit of the math, you kind of see how taxing and how uh, crazy this workout really is. Let's do a little flashback here before we start. So this workout is a lot like 18.1. And so those of you guys who did that, we actually retested this with all of our athletes here a couple weeks ago within our open prep cycle. So you guys know exactly what the style of workout feels like, all right? Where we have the 20 minute AMRAP, right? The longer style workout where you're going from the toe to bar to the dumbbell hang clean and jerk into the row. Now, around there was over a minute long where these are gonna be under a minute long, right? Or for most of us, gonna be about a minute or less. Um, so when you're going through this style of workout, you know that a lot of it comes down to your transitions, all right? So keep that workout, the 18.1, especially for, for our current athletes. Remember back to that workout, how it felt, how the transitions, pacing, um, everything felt, right? 20 minutes is a long time to make a lot of quick moving rounds go. So this workout, a total, all right, let's say you guys do around a minute, right? Obviously these guys, uh, Matt McLeod, I think did a little over 26 total rounds. That's a lot of total volume, but let's say you did 20, all right? Just to give you guys a little context here. If you did 20 rounds, that would be about a minute around on your pace. That would be 80 dumbbell thrusters, 120 toes to bar, and then 480 double unders, all right? First of all, that's a lot of work, right? If you could do six toes to bar, that's great. But now how's your grip gonna feel? How's your core and hip flexion gonna feel um, after let's say 60 of those 120, right? Let's say, let's say that's your goal is to get 20 rounds, all right? Um, same thing for the dumbbell thrusters. Four reps at a time doesn't seem bad, but then you think about the total volume of 80 total dumbbell thrusters, that's gonna start to add up and tax other things like the 480 double unders you guys are gonna do if you do, like I said, that EMOM style type of workout, all right? But I think above the total volume, something else that's really important that we need to focus on is the 60 transitions you guys are gonna have within that 20 round workout. Obviously, if you do less than 20 rounds, it's gonna be under 60 transitions. Over uh, 20 rounds is gonna be over 60 transitions. But that's a lot of time that baits you into resting, all right? So the name of the game for this workout is to keep your rest as minimal as possible, all right? Now, it's kinda hard to do on something like, like four thrusters, six toes to bar, and only 24 double unders at a time, but it's gonna bait you into, you're gonna start really quick, and then you're gonna get to where, after your thruster is going to the rig, you might spend a little bit extra time chalking more frequently, taking a little bit longer rest to get your breath, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the same thing from the rig to the double under, the double under back to the thruster, all right? So transitions are going to be key for this workout. Now, along with transitions, the way you can make that 
transition as close and simple as an, and as efficient as possible is obviously to pull everything as close to close to that rig as possible. So you have your pull-up bar, your dumbbells are going to be maybe off to the right or left. So that way, once you get off the bar, you can take literally one or two steps, pick up the dumbbells, go for the thrusters. All right. Um, or sorry, vice versa. Uh, after the thrusters, you're just going to take a step or two back, or maybe you're walking to the rig. That's fine. One or two steps, jump up, do your toes to bar. After that, you're literally coming off the bar. And instead of facing the rope out, what I would do is face the rope sideways. So that way you don't have the tendency to maybe jump backwards and have that rope trip up your, uh, your pull up bar. All right. Um, and so obviously what I would do is, is set that kind of maybe off to the left, but face it towards the dumbbells or, you know, face it away from the dumbbells. Either way, we want to have that kind of triangular position where you can rotate back and forth versus having everything in a line where you got to walk a little further to, let's say your dumbbells, like they did within the open workout, uh, that we just watched. Right? So something to think about there Setup, just get as close as possible. Transitions are going to be key, right? Try to keep those as minimal as possible. And we'll talk about in a second, how we can utilize those to our best advantage for pacing. Now, Let's get into the movement specifically, all right? For the dumbbell thrusters, that first movement, the biggest thing that you probably saw with them do, they kind of had two different styles, but the thing that they both did was they kept the weight on their shoulders, meaning the back head of that dumbbell was resting on their shoulders, or even you saw Matt McLeod, kind of kept it a little behind him, right? So he kept most of that weight over the center of his of his body, right? It wasn't trying to, he wasn't trying to hold him out in front or maybe turning him forward a little bit. He tried to keep a lot of that weight over the center of gravity, makes the squats into that press obviously a lot more efficient. Oh no, my whiteboard fell. Hold on one sec. Technical error. Notes right here messed up. Hey, we got errors in this too, right? So uh, he kept the dumbbell weight on his shoulders. Obviously, like I said, it helps transfer of energy when you're going from that front squat up overhead into that thruster, all right? So just make sure you're keeping the weight back on your shoulders as much as possible and you're doing the least amount possible to actually hold them there, all right? Then um, after that, we want to think about breathing at the top. So as you go up, if you start to fatigue on these halfway through the workout or after, maybe you take an extra big breath here give your time, give yourself time to breathe like you would on a barbell thruster and then go back down. But as soon as you go down, you want to hit the bottom and come right back up. You don't want to try and rest with the dumbbells right here. Obviously a little bit harder to breathe through that. All right. Um, and then we also want to think about how you pick the dumbbells up and how you put them back down. Cause I think that might start to eat at some people's time just a little bit. So think about this. If you get done with your thruster and you put the dumbbells off to the side, a lot of times we start to get tired, fatigued, maybe a little lazy, and we start to set the dumbbells down off the ground a little bit higher, so then they hit and they might roll apart. Well, now that's something extra you have to do is pull the dumbbells back in, uh, either after you get done or before you start your next set. What I suggest is after you get done with that last set, pull them back down together in between, nice and close in between your feet, so that way that next set, you can step right over the dumbbells, pull them up to the, the uh, sorry, the shoulder front rack position, and then go right into either a squat clean or a power clean into that thruster. All right. But try to keep the dumbbells contained. Don't let them get away from you as you go to get tired and drop them. All right. Uh, then after those dumbbells were transitioning to the toe to bar where we got a couple things to think about on the toe to bar, right? First is grip and core fatigue limitations. So 
obviously you got to pay attention to that, right? Six might feel good off the bat, but if they start to go, uh, your grip from, or sorry, your grip fatigue or your hip flexor core limitation, then, or for, through fatigue, then we might have to start breaking those up into two sets of three, all right? Uh, some people might even have to go to fast singles, all right? If that is you, go for it. I'm not a big fan of it. I think it just wastes a lot of time. Um, even if it feels efficient, you're still, you're still having to go through a concentric and an eccentric phase, all right? But if it's grip that's limiting you, then that might be the thing you really have to work on, all right? Um, now, you saw Matt McLeod and uh, Con Porter go through two different styles of toe -to bar. Uh, Matt McLeod was a little bit faster. He did more of the fast, uh, shallow kip, knee straight up and down bending, uh, fast toe -to bar sets. If that's you and your core hip flexors have that capacity to do that for that long and you have the speed, go for it, all right? If you know that maybe the grip or like I said, the core is a big limitation for you, you might think about doing some of the slower, uh, bigger kip swing, straighter leg kip swing with a little kick at the end um, like Con Porter did, all right? Obviously, I think that's a little bit more efficient, especially for something that is this high of a volume of toe -to bar. Um, but because the sets are so small, you might be able to get away with it. Maybe you practice a couple of those in your warm-up and see what works better for you. All right, now let's talk about double unders. I think this whole workout is based around double unders being the, the kind of the biggest limitation out of those three movements, all right? So double under accuracy is key. Think about this. If you happen to trip up on one set, it might take you a maximum of, let's say, five seconds uh, to you know get untangled, get set, maybe you do a single under and then go right back into your next set of double unders. It might take, like I said, five seconds. If it does and you happen to trip up, let's say, each time over 20 rounds, that's over a minute of of time that you're just trying to get back under the double under rope, right? That's that's about a minute of time that you're losing just from messing up double under. So because there's a lot of transitions, you got to, you're going to be doing a lot of sets. You want to think about being smooth and controlled and accurate on the double unders as possible. All right. Something else that I think is going to be really imperative is how you get done with the rope. So think about this: you get done with your double unders, or maybe we're having to modify to single unders. You get done, don't just toss your rope, right? Because what happens, they bounce, they get tangled up with the handles, and then from there you're having to go back and untangle it, get it set around your feet before you actually go again for that next set. What I suggest you do is when you guys get done with your last set, catch the rope underneath your feet. So as it's going around, you've done your double or you've done your single, it's coming back around, you're done jumping, you're just gonna catch the rope underneath your toes and then set the rope down so that way it's in a nice U-shape. When you get done with your toe -to bar, you can just step forward into the jump rope, pick it up and start going again. Obviously, if you can jump straight into your double on that first rep, saves you an extra jump, saves you an extra maybe half a second, but half a second over 20 rounds starts to add up, right? Um, so really thinking about how you put the dumbbells down and the ropes down, I think you're gonna be a big key point to making your transitions, making the accuracy and the consistency stay on point, all right? Now, something I want to get into a little bit is pacing. This is obviously going to be really important. Um, with pacing, just as an example, we saw Matt McLeod go anywhere from, I think he held about a sub 40 second round, at least for the first 10 to 15 minutes, and then started to slide a little bit shy of that where I think he got up to like 44, 45 seconds around, right? But still didn't deviate very much from that 40 seconds around. He was able to hold that and get a little over 26 rounds in the 20 minutes, all right? Obviously, for us mortals, we need to <clears throat> be realistic with our pacing, with our strategy, 
as we go through this. I think that we all probably learned uh, in some form or fashion, whether it was us or watching somebody, right, on 20.1, do the same type of thing, right, where they see Rich Froning hold a minute round pace and then they go out holding, you know, 50 seconds or a minute. And then after half the work, after five rounds, you see people crash and burn. This workout is literally almost the same exact style, but just elongated from a 15 minute cap to now everybody's working for 20 full minutes. So I think you're even going to see a lot of uh, top end athletes start off a little hot, try and hold it and then die out as they go, right? Um, that's one of the biggest things we've really been working on with the process, with our gym group, with our compete group, and even our weakness wide groups is really being able to work on sustainability because we... We believe that that's going to help you keep the best time. It doesn't have to be who comes out the fastest. It's about who finishes at the end of the workout with the overall most reps or best time, right? It's not about how you come out. It's about how you do the whole workout and how you finish. So a good strategy to think about is that if your goal is 20 rounds, you have two kinds of, two kinds of options, all right? Obviously, this workout can be done. One round can be done in, like I said, Matt McLeod did, uh, under 40 seconds a round. So if your goal is hey, I'm gonna hold 50 seconds around, that's great. Maybe you rest that extra five or 10 seconds after you get done with your double unders before you get back on the dumbbell thrusters, all right? So that way you're building in a little bit of rest to help keep maybe the heart rate down, help keep that fatigue away in your shoulders and your grip before you go back for that next round. So let's say each round takes you about 50 seconds, you're gonna rest for about 10 seconds before you start that next set. So that's something important to think about. Or you can do the same thing as well where you're going to instead of working really fast and then resting at the end maybe you take a little bit longer time on your transitions between movements but you try to keep each round at about 50 at about 60 seconds so that will hopefully get you done in a 20 minute period you get 20 rounds even the last maybe four or five minutes maybe you can start to speed that up a little bit and get a few more than 20 rounds on this workout if that's your goal all right obviously if you're trying to get more rounds, you got to hold a little bit faster pace. Maybe you're trying to hold 55 seconds around, um, but you're pacing out your transitions to allow that to happen. Um, or vice versa. Maybe you're trying to go 50 seconds around and then uh, rest for five seconds before you actually get back on those dumbbell thrusters the next time. All right. So <clears throat> what I would do is come up with a realistic goal. This is obviously one of those workouts that's easy to redo, whether you want to do it or not right? Because it's movements that everybody or the majority of people can do. It's just a matter of volume and pacing, just like 90% of the workouts we do here, volume, pacing, capacity, all those things blend together in this one, guys. So uh, if you have any questions, uh, we're going to watch athletes go tomorrow. I'm going to be going tomorrow. And so maybe if some things change, we might have a second thoughts video for you guys. But if not, Crush 20.2. Let us know if you guys have any questions. You can remember, you can also listen to this video on our podcast, which is on Spotify. It's on iTunes, anywhere you can get podcasts at, anywhere you can listen to them. So if you want to listen, do that. We also are going to have this on our uh, Instagram. We're going to have this on our Facebook and on YouTube. So good luck, guys. 20.2. Here we go.